Oh my god. Okay, so that was so funny. I do have to say this. Whenever that came on, I was like, Megan, look, it's that commercial you love so much. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the song that has played with everything with the old couple dancing. And it's like, Am, uh, Siri, can you replay that song for me? <laughs> Yo, Joe and Louise sitting in the tree or sitting in the farm. What does that even mean? <laughs> sitting in a farm? I don't even. I'll. Okay. So this is going to be a really difficult episode for me because mm -mm, mm -mm. I'm pretty sure this is top five worst. And I don't what? know where this episode was going. Like last week somehow was a long one for us, even when it came to Perry White. But it was also introducing a character. That's true. This seems like some made-up nonsense that they just decided to throw in there. Because I'm not going to lie, Joseph. It doesn't make fucking sense to me. I'll tell you. I mean, like, I think we talked about it where if you were to, you know, just skip this episode, you're, really not, you're not missing out on much. <laughs> the only thing that I could rebuttal with is the Lex and Lionel thing. Like, finding more out about the grandparents and all that. I guess, okay, so you would be able to, without giving me spoilers, so let's kind of talk about that here at the beginning. We find out a little bit of the backstory between Lex's grandparents and Lionel's parents. Is that something that continues? It does. Oh, my God. Is, or I should say it is something that, yeah, it is something that continues. So, because watching it now, I'm like, oh, I'm remembering why this is starting to come up. So I know the end. I know the finale of that situation. <laughs> I'm so mad that it's bound to the story because then it goes back to what we've always said about some of these episodes. You want to skip it, but what they do is they throw in one, <laughs> one freaking <part. laughs> tidbit that just is like, okay, I'm stuck. I have to watch it just because of that one moment in order to then find out what the other episodes are talking about. I mean, the other rebuttal is maybe Joe, who is. I guess we'll have to get into that because we can't spoil who Joe is. Uh, right Joe now. doesn't make sense. That's <laughs> what I mean by the episode doesn't work for me. Is Joe what? Joe how, Mama? How are you supposed to? <laughs> All right, I'm not going to spoil it. I also do want to talk about the other main player in this episode, which is Lana. Mm. Lana makes some of the dumbest choices, as usual. <laughs> And this episode further validates that Clark and Lana belong together. It's just even from the start of this episode, mm -hmm. I don't know why Lana would agree to anything. <laughs> I don't know why Lana would want to care what she gets out of this. In fact, it's also strange to me that she goes and visits her great uncle, but yet we never see Henry Smalls, her biological father, ever again. That's right. Are you, oh, you miss Henry? You I, want him back? Compared to what I got with <laughs> great uncle here? Yeah. Dude, there's a lot of, like, characters in this. Because I'm realizing as I'm looking at all the actors and stuff, it's a lot of characters. Got a lot of a private investigator. We got a old, or an older Luther. We got a... 
is, is there one labeled in there? I, I think it would say like Luis in parentheses whore <laughs> and then whatever the last name was. Is that what it shows? Oh, McCullum. She was the town whore. Uh, is this a family thing with the women and Lana's? I mean, you got Lana who I'm just going to throw this out there. She teases. Okay. She may not go all the way, but she teases. You have Nell who we've talked was trying to get John to go away from Martha That's at the right. very start of it, where mm-hmm. we even had the theory that Nell was in the pool with Lex when he was a young buck. So now we're getting into more of the family women, and turns out Nell and Lana don't even scratch the surface. No, they don't. If anything, they're good, good outcomes of what the family could have been. It's a good thing. Spoiler. Louise is dead. It's a good thing she's dead. Or died early, I should say. Because, I mean, if she lived longer, that town would be running amok. Yeah, and I also, we have to say this, too, for our audience as well. Louise is played by Kristen. Yeah. So, so Joe is played by Tom. Yeah, we basically have, like, yeah. a, a Grease flashback here. Like, we have Louise who is technically Kristen Crook, Lana. And we have Joe, who is clearly Tom Welling, Clark. And it seems like what they were... I, I don't know if they were going for it, but I got that connection to it. It's like a... Chloe even brings it. Reincarnation type thing. I thought that's what they were more hinting at with showing this story. But in fact, it's not reincarnation at all. No. <laughs> It's not, and yet, and, but somehow they're exact. They look exact, and this is not. See, it's it's different. I feel like. What do you think? If it's more so, say your great uncle, aunt, whatever it is, you the the generations where you're closer together would most likely produce a look alike. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it would make sense a little bit for it to be only in the '60s, considering this is '03. So, like, 40 years ago, what is that, two generations? And yeah, I don't know. I don't know generations. I didn't know I was supposed to prepare for that. This is Smallville. Well, otherwise, because if it was further back in time, then that wouldn't make any sense at all. Like, imagine having someone in the 1900s, like the early 1900s, and it looks exactly like Lana. Well, it still kind of freaks me out that it looks exactly like Lana. The only thing we have is just the shorter hair. Otherwise, everything is spot on. Because it also makes me weirded out with the comparisons of the characters. Are we supposed to believe that Lana is like this aunt? Are we supposed to believe that Clark is like Joe? Is that what we're supposed to be thinking? I'm just trying to make sense of this. Yeah, they're 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 wanting us to connect some dots in yeah. just various ways because I don't think they connected them that well. <laughs> and fun fact about this episode, because we are on episode six now, Relic, season three of Smallville. It is their fiftieth episode at this point. Oh. But it's not our fiftieth. No, technically no, because we have, you know, season awards. Well, those are bonus episodes. So I I guess if you're only to count our actual episodes here, they were at 50. So this was their big number 50. That's right. (laughs) This was what they went with on the writing table. They said, this is it. Joe, Luis, episode 50, we're doing it. Joe. (laughs) 
It's going to be so funny when we get to talk about why Joe, because we obviously know who it is and why, I guess, he picked a similar name. But we're not going to spoil it because if this is why I don't want to spoil it. The audience that's listening that did not watch the episode, you don't get anything early. You that's get right. nothing. 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 Nope. And it's cool because uh, we'll have definitely some fun facts with some of the actors and whatnot. Very beautiful songs, as you heard. The Flamingos, I Only Have Eyes For You. Man, it gets me going. That does not get me going whatsoever. And just like with last episode with Perry, how I at least get walking in Memphis. I don't get that with this. <laughs> and the other thing, too, is you bring up that song. It's supposed to be loving and emotional. Is there real love in this? Or is it just lust? This is tr- this is so lust, bro. Oh There's God. no way. I don't want to be with my husband that I was with for 10 years. I want to be with you, who I just met on the sidewalk. No spoiler, because she not only was seeing her husband, but other people as well. Okay, yeah. We need to talk about that. So we got. We need to just dive into it, because we're, we might have just a lot to talk about today. But, no, we don't. Um, okay. Oh, yes. So, in the beginning of this, we open up to um, Dexter McCollum. It's Dex, right? It's Dex, Dex McCollum. McCollum, yes. Dex McCollum. He's this old guy. He was convicted of murder. He's pretty much like, like bedridden. He, he can't walk. He's that old. Um, and he's, of course, talking to Lana at the hospital, or the prisoner hospital, the inf- infirmary. Why would Lana agree to go and sit with this man? Because all this is supposed to be is Dax, her great uncle, mm-hmm. inviting Lana to come and sit with him so then he can tell her what really happened and that he was not the one to murder his wife, a.k.a. her great aunt. Great aunt, yep. And her name is Louise. That was his wife at the time. And, yeah, reason why Lana even got here is she, he called her. And why would Lana's she agree? like. But even if I did believe your story, Dex, like, why would you think I could help? Like, well, oh no, you just look so similar to her. (laughs) That's his reasoning. And I truly love my wife. This has now gone to the point of maybe he has dementia and he thinks Lana is his wife. So (sighs) now I should be a little bit more concerned. Maybe we should call the doctor over here. Because again, I'm Lana. I don't know why I'm here. You said Louise? No, Lana. (laughs) Lana. Doctor, can you open his ears? And okay, hold on. We already got to get to this. Yeah, because we're getting little brief glimpses now of this mystery. Because Dex said, "No, I never killed my wife." Because that's what he's in prison for. Yes, he was at this point. He's probably framed for this, and he's thinking about how he heard gunshots back in the day. Saw a drifter came out of a barn, his barn, and ran away after the shots. And of course, he goes to the barn, finds Louise, his wife, dead. And uh, to be clear, it was 42 years ago, 1961 at this point. Yes, and when it comes to him then picking up this weapon, Dex, seeing his wife Louise, they're just covered in blood. I don't know why he'd pick up the gun. I would probably leave that there and go check on the wife. But just so happens, as he's going to check Louise, a man walks in, a sheriff. Yeah. He sees that Dex has the gun, and he says, guess what? I can't believe you did this. I'm not going to ask you any questions. You're going to jail. Yeah, immediately he's like, (laughs) Dex, 
what have you done? Why? It's like, bro, he's crying. Why would you? But then again, he should not have grabbed that gun. But why would you automatically just believe that it was him? Unless, and this is my, I put this in the notes. Was Dex known to be a murderer in this town? He <laughs> looks like the most innocent little dude ever. <laughs> looks like a like borderline nerd, dude. Respect, what, man. That's what I mean. Was he supposed to, like, was he known in town as, he's probably going to kill Luis. Dude, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. No questions. Yeah, no, no questions. Anything. You're getting in the car. Your deputy, you're so right. You're so right. But, yeah, and then it becomes this whole thing where Lana's, like, hearing, and she sees the newspaper clip of, like, back then, and he's just saying, you look so similar to her. And, bro, if you're looking at this picture, you're not just going to be like, that's me. Someone photoshopped me on that newspaper article. No, instead, Lana just goes, huh, okay. Dope. And then she even asks, well, if it wasn't you, then who would have killed her? The drifter. And that is where she, or he, then explains to Lana, it was a drifter. He was running around town. I need you to believe me. Lana then looks at the back of this sheet. and Which not- is a sketch of the drifter. <laughs> and who does that look like? It looks exactly like Clark. <laughs> <laughs> looks exactly like Clark. So- and like, like full features. Because... Say, say, because who's going to draw that picture? It's going to be Dex, right? Yes. It would be Dexter. Who? And that's what I even put in the notes. I go, if Dexter saw him running out of the farm. Barely saw him. How would you make that perfect of a sketch? He saw his side profile at a distance. Yes, exactly. And he says, I got it. (laughs) You know what? Maybe you do belong in jail, Dex. I was going to say, now I'm starting to believe if he made that sketch, maybe he did murder her. (laughs) (laughs) And, And to even add a little side note there, Lana was never aware that she had a great uncle because of Aunt Nell. Nell, once again, coming back from last season, deciding to then make her mark of trying to be even more of the villain of the year. She is now hiding certain family members from Lana because, I mean, in a way, I'm actually going to give Nell this break. Lana's parents died. Mm-hmm. Lana's had quite the bad upbringing where her father, she found out, was not even her father. Henry Smalls, who never wants to talk to her again, is. And now we have Lana, who's other side with Nell are yeah. murderers. Mm-hmm. So if you're a lot, I don't know what you think, but you have quite the traumatic family tree. Going yeah, this on is here. Lana drama, bro. Lana trauma. This reminds me a lot of Harry Potter and Sirius Black's family. <laughs> and what they have gone That's through. the saddest family ever, bro. That's what I mean. They have cousins who are killing each other. That's not cool. And also, there could have been a chance of, you know, some Game of Thrones action happening this episode. If Luis and Joe were then had a child, then Clark and Lana could have been able to meet. Spoiler, I'm going to hint at this. There could have been some aunt and nephew action going on. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, Game of Thrones, baby. Yeah, word to John and... Daenerys. Let's go to the farm. This is once again present time. Present time, yes. We are we are right after the hospital visit because Lana goes and explains the whole thing to Clark at the barn. Why? Hey, I can't remember. Is her roommate a reporter? Yeah. Okay, so wouldn't you want to go to the reporter that's been able to uncover past things to then try to do this? Yeah, because is this not... 
potentially maybe wall of weird instead she you just, have two people that look exactly like your best friends and she just wants to go to clark to say hey this guy looks like you <laughs> you know clark you'd be saving a lot of people maybe you could like look at this picture of yourself and see hey uh why would my great uncle lie to me well and clark kind of gets mad he's like he's obviously a liar lana why would you believe him dude this okay this is a constant theme from clark man he is hating humans nowadays and that's what I felt like the theme of this season is, and we've hinted at it before, that that's what the test was, is for him to, in a way, despise humans and to see the evil in them. Or, yeah, or maybe to see both sides and maybe how corrupt and how he needs to save them. I Somebody said! I think would I just get pissed off with Clark? Oh, if he comes to the table with the person, then I need to listen. But if I come to the table with the person, then they're automatically bad and there's no real innocence here. Because Clark then says, you know what, Lana? Killers spend half their lives trying to convince people that they're innocent. You're an idiot. <laughs> and yeah, Lana's just like, look, unless Dexter can predict the future, maybe there's a pretty good chance the Drifter was real because it looks exactly like you. Clark rolls your, his eyes. Could have been your grandfather, Clark. Even your father. And he's like, that's impossible. And just brushes it off. No, he just... walks away and throws a fit about it. That's impossible, Lana. It's impossible, Lana. Ugh. Can't believe you'd say something so stupid. And then Lana, why? You must have come from somewhere. It's not like you just fell out of the sky. Oh, oh. wait. <laughs> and he's just standing there like, little does she know, I did come out of the sky. But what he does find out with the photo that yeah, Lana because, handed yeah, him. Yeah, the sketch is so accurate. We the got sketch even the is necklace. So perfect. We <laughs> even got the <laughs> necklace of the drifter. It's actually showing the crest, the typical Kryptonian crest, or his house crest. His house crest. It's a house crest. And it shows that Kryptonian symbol, kind of like an eight with some lines in it or something. Looks like the eight. I just him. said number eight is how I put it. The yeah. number eight Kryptonian symbol. Yes. Yeah. So he notices that there and immediately he's like, all right, Lana, get the fuck out my barn. I got to get John, my dad. We're going to the cave. Yeah, Lana, I just want you to go home. There's This isn't real because obviously with <laughs> him seeing that on the drifter's neck, he's not going to tell Lana, hey, I recognize this. Instead, he's going to tell her, get out of my barn. Yeah, he's like, hey, yo, cool story, Lana, I'll see you later. But I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep this newspaper you just gave me. And you know what? Let's go to John in the cave. <laughs> John in the cave. And of course, John, skeptical as always. So from 1961, we've seen, he's explaining to John, from 1961, this picture shows his crest and this necklace. I need to know. I know I've seen it here. The symbol's Kryptonian. Well, and John even says, you've been in these caves all this time, Clark. I doubt you'd be able to miss something. And John's going back and forth with trying to explain, listen, we don't know much about your history, Clark. Your father, your grandfather, whoever. We don't know if they would even be good people. But, Dad, what if they were walking the same streets as me? Maybe... Jarrell is more human than we think. Okay, hey, Clark, you remember that I had that conversation with Jarrell and that he gave me his powers to then come and whoop your ass? I can promise you he's not that human. <laughs> and yeah, and John, John's just like, you know, if we know Jarrell how he is, I mean, it's not far-fetched to think he killed someone. But Clark, rebuttaling that, and then finally, John notices the matching symbol in the cave. These are new, right? These are like, new. Okay, because even least, the area with it, is that like a manta ray? Because it's at, it's at this part is definitely new for the most part. That was because so weird. finally Clark's like, oh, I, I knew I recognized it. So then he touches the cave painting and it immediately opens the outline of the crest and everything. 
He gets brief glimpses of all these flashbacks, little scenes. I put in my notes, uh, Clark just got a 1950s porno uploaded in his head. Yeah, because you're only seeing bodies, <laughs> bro. You're only seeing naked bodies. Hands everywhere. Hands everywhere, some scratches, like <laughs> yeah. deep neck kissing. He gets those brief glimpses, and now, now he has the crest or the necklace in his hand. And it's like, yo, is he a Power Ranger now? He's got the power token. That would be so cool. It's Morphin Tom. <laughs> He's the Gold Ranger, dude. Oh, if he no, Tom's Green Ranger. Oh, uh, you think Tom's yeah, Green? Yeah, Tom dude? is so green. If he were to play the flute right now, and that Megazord comes out of the ocean, I Smallville just it surpasses everything, dude. <laughs> what a, imagine a crossover, Mighty Morphin Superman. But John now completely surprised that he found the symbol. He says, Clark. I guess we better go and back to the house so you can talk to the main person that's going to know all about this. So Clark then decides to start walking down the street in the next scene with who? Pete, Pete Ross. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Pete, I mean, the images I saw must have been from, from the, the past. The worst help, by the way. <laughs> He's like, Clark, you need to lay off that late night television, bro. Let's talk about the rudest group of people right here. You mean the high school guys that look like that they're 40? Because why are they all wearing the same jersey as if they're part of the same school? Is there two alternative high schools in Smallville? Yeah, I don't know. But it makes them separate because they're walking through Pete and Clark. And Clark actually manages. I have a big issue here. Oh, okay. All right. So I paused it, everybody. We're still in the same scene where Clark then walks up after the jocks, then push Pete and him out of the way. Clark touches the mailbox where now we have a flashback back to the 1961. Yeah, because. Wouldn't this have happened before if he touched these things in the past? That's why I'm bothered by it. If he went up to the but mailbox, only rebuttal is because maybe he had to get the crest first, the the necklace, in order for him to be able to have the thoughts. Fine, because even when he reaches in, he gets the flashbacks, finally. and that's when it finally starts. So that's the only explanation. Fine. But I kind of feel that because yeah. he's Kryptonian. Why wouldn't you? He's feel a literal so, yeah. descendant of this person. It just bothers me. So, yeah, we transition from Clark touching the mailbox to now we're back in 1961. Still Tom Welling. He's playing, I guess, the drifter, as we assume at this point. And he's just walking around Smallville. Smallville. And it looks like he's a tourist, man. He's looking around. He's like, oh, cool. We see Fordman's store because, you know, shout out Whitney Foreman. He's dead. Good riddance. <laughs> shout out to them. Yeah. Dad, son, all dead. Yeah. Only mom, who's in a psychiatric facility, <laughs> is alive. Depressed. And Popping pills. What we see this Clark in the 1961. Yeah, see we don't a, know his name. Yeah, just, exactly. His name just yet. Well, who does he notice across the street? It's the Lana lookalike. Yeah, it's who we now know as Louise yes. McCullum, the wife of Dex, the old guy. And so now we have actually, now we actually have who I think was the drifter or just some random pedestrian decides to rob Luis. Okay. Automatically on the street of Smallville, everybody's just walking about. And this man just comes out of nowhere. Give me your money. The yeah, only in time, front of everyone. The only time Daytime. we've seen this was the pirate where then he was thrown through the glass uh, with Leech. Byron. Yes. Well, no, it was Leech. Oh, Leech. Uh... Remember when he oh, had to show off his right. powers? And that was where the pirate guy just came up and tried to rob Chloe, I believe. That's right. He yeah. was wearing a weird outfit. And that's why with this, it's very similar. I just don't know why Smallville seems to have a small population and a lot of thieves who just run up in front of the theater at all times. Yeah. And, and it... it... <laughs> 
And literally, I'm pretty sure there's someone in that booth in there. Yes, exactly. He's shoving her to the corner. Immediately, the Clark lookalike runs over there. He speed runs. So at this point... He showed everybody his powers. He's Kryptonian. Yeah, he just showed everyone his powers. He picks up Luis, and she is just in awe, bro. And immediately... This is the thing here. Yeah. Immediately, we get the cop, deputy, whatever, showing up right away. Um, nobody even called him. Nobody even did no anything. One so, did someone scream, hey, robbery. Hold on. Was he already watching her? That's the thing, dude. Yes. That's what I want to get into. So we'll hold on to that one. My other question to you is, and, and this is why, obviously, this may be spoiled. I don't care. But, so did he, the cop, because he arrived without any type of warning, not only was he watching Louise, did he set this up? That's exactly what I was even thinking, bro. Because now that I'm looking back at it, watching it with you again, yes, it's like, because we know the end, right? Yes. We know how it ended. So it's like, we're going to keep these little theories here. Because actually, there's a lot of room for theories in this episode. And it's, or maybe even what ifs. I, I think, I, I'll put it this way. The theories in the what ifs, I'm not even sure if they're that far-fetched. No, they're, they're pretty on point with it making sense. Because again, cop shows up out of nowhere. As if he already knew who he was arresting, everything. There was no asking questions once again. It was just this guy, back of my car. Yes. Yeah. And so, basically, you want to know... Oh, you know what? I'm going to come back to it later. No, I'll tell you why I think maybe it was a setup. How is this going to be a long episode? Dude, never know. But, so yeah, Joe... uh, Sorry, we come to find out that this Clark lookalike, his name is Joe. And Luis is introducing herself. And so, you can call me Joe. And she's like, okay, Joe. (laughs) Well, thanks for saving me. You're the most excitement we've had all year. Who's we? Well, obviously, she may be talking about her and the officer. Or maybe Luis is married at this time to her great uncle. Because not only does she make that comment to Joe, now we have the officer walking Sheriff Billy Tate. We get to know his name. Walking up to them. And then just wanting to introduce himself, saying, hey, I haven't seen you around town. Uh, Well, it's a good thing that you were able to show up here at the exact time that you needed to. Lucky me, huh? Yeah, lucky me. And, like, they're making googly eyes at each each other right in front of the sheriff. The sheriff's like, okay, weird. But this is why it's even weirder. Dex shows up as if he got called about the robbery. But this has all happened within one minute. Yes. Dex, the younger Dex, the one we saw in the prison. And Mm. obviously what we have seen with Dex, because uh, also with her being married already, Luis then realizes, oh crap, that's my husband. I guess I gotta go, Joe. I'll see you around. Yeah, dude. She's so upset with getting in this car. And Dex, by the way, seems like the nicest human being alive. Yeah, he literally just shows up. He's like, Luis, are you okay? All right, so let's further this theory here. So... With the cop already watching Luis setting up this robbery, would that also have meant that he then called Dex ahead of time in order to then tell him, hey, Luis has just been robbed, but don't worry. I saved her. I was able to save her. So it then further gets this share up in a good graces with the family where then he's starting to come over even more often mm-hmm. for some booty calls. Yeah, that's right. So right now, even with my theory, by the way, I even put in the notes without any spoilers, I said Luis is having sex with all three of them. Mm. <laughs> I love this girl. <laughs> oh my 
God. No, you don't. So much better look than Lana. Look at her Lana. turn around and just look at Joe in front of her husband. She's just so much better than Lana, right? <laughs> you know what? Yes. Yeah. And so what Joe even explains, you know, yeah, I'm just passing on through because I'm on my way home. Just thought I'd stop by. Oh, what's home? Krypton? Uh, he doesn't have to answer those questions. Instead, he just says, I'm out of town. Yeah, I'm from out of town. I'm Joe. That's all you really have to say in the 1960s because nobody can track you. So it's, it's safe to say that this is Jor-El. No? No. No, I don't believe it's Jor-El. No, he just removed the R and the L from his name. I'm not gonna lie, I and he's and he stuck with Joe. I still didn't know it was Jarrell. I was still questioning it because I said if it was Jarrell, this would make no sense. So I thought maybe this was another Kryptonian that came down that just happens to look like Clark. I was hoping for a lot here, but I see where you were going at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 weird, and the only way I can make it make sense, we'll get into it later, but. Now, the flashback has ended. Present time. Present time. It's like I was back in the 50s. You idiot, Clark. It was the 60s. God. And so he's just telling Pete, like, I was right where Joe was uh, standing. He's, it's the name of the drifter. Pete, and Pete's it, just like... He's honestly thinking Clark is still dumb and making everything up. He's saying, oh, yeah, so what are you even talking about? Clark then says, listen, Pete, I think this medallion that I have is actually downloading the history into me as if it's some type of diary. Yeah, it's like a link. And so now when he touches certain things... <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, he's like, dude, Whatever. you're out of your mind. How high are you today? And so he's talking about, like, yeah, the drifter saved her. And he's like, well, of course he did. Look, Clark, back here in the 21st century, we call that a daydream. <laughs> what? It's like, uh... Pete, you've seen other things happen and now you're just gonna doubt everything. Hey, Clark, you're dumb. I know. Pete, yeah, Pete's weird with that because it's like, dude, you're like the only one who knows the secret and you're telling me all the things you've seen that's happened. It's not impossible. And Clark finally realizes, hey, we do have a reporter friend. <laughs> and now we go to the torch where Clark is presenting. Oh, I'm sorry. She presented him with it's the, like a manuscript, pretty from much. From the old police station, Clark asked, how did you get this? Chloe said, I walked in on the clerk playing cops and robbers with his girlfriend on the clock. So they were banging openly in the front desk. And she walked in and said, hey, guys. Hey, uh, I'll if I won't report this if you give me that uh, ledger over there. More like he, she just probably said, you know what? We're going to become best friends. She pulled a Lionel Luther on him is what I think Chloe did. Tell you what. I won't say a thing about what I saw today if you can help me out a bit. Further down the road. Not right now, but I'm going to call you when I need you. That's right. Which is when I need a 19. And she's like holding her camera up the whole time. <laughs> Just looking at them like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I might know, need you later. By the way, you know she took photos of it too. Dude, she takes photos everywhere she's at. Including people she when went they're in the go, hospital. She, yeah, she... Oh, my God. She came in there. Oh, hey, comatose person. <laughs> click, 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 click. Oh, Lano, you're right next to me? Anyways, yeah. So, they're just having a jolly good old time. Just talking about this cool little ledger from 1961. So... Now, what did they find out what's actually in the ledger? Because so, Clark is still asking about the drifter. So, yeah, because when they booked or documented the crime. Yes. They documented the crime, and it was the name of a Luther. 
Lachlan? Lachlan? Lachlan. Lachlan Luther. Luther was this individual's name. So, obviously, I was thrown off because Lionel is around. Then you have Lex. So, that would have then made this person Lionel's father that was attempting to rob Luis with the gun. Yeah, because, yeah, as Clark, you know, confirmed, he's like, oh, this is a, oh, this is a Luther. This is Lachlan Luther. And so, it even says that. that there's pages missing from Luis's, uh, I guess, ledger document. It was the night in which Luis died. There was mm. that page that was missing on who went in, who was released. Yeah. There was no acknowledgement of it. It's funny because even with the Lachlan Luther, Lachlan, I'm going to get that wrong all time, so everyone buckle up. <laughs> Lachlan, look, Lachlan Luther. That's And then, of course, Chloe's immediately like, oh, that's Lex's grandpa. And she Clark's knows like, all. How the fuck do you know that? I know his favorite cereal. Uh, yeah, I know Lex's favorite cereal. You think I don't? I had like a gigabyte or terabyte of information on. It. I was like, why? And also, you kind of saw this already, Clark. So why are you surprised? You remember that portfolio of all the people that I thought had special abilities? Remember Lex's white blood count? Hmm. White blood cell count? Well, yeah, because I. mentioning that, because Clark even says, like, well, you're going to have to help me find out, Chloe, because i got to tell Lana. Now, <laughs> no, no, Joseph. Clark says, okay, well, that's cool. You go talk to the Luthers because they love you, and I'm going to go hang out with Lana because she found some pictures in her attic that she thinks are going to help. That's right. Okay. And then Chloe even makes the point, brings that back <laughs> yeah, up. He's like, what? Clark, I'm going to have to bail because the last time I researched the Luthers, Lex almost got killed by, what was it? McNulty? What was that dude's name? John Tucker. An extinction. Van. Van, Van. McNulty. It's Van. <laughs> so yeah. And of course Clark's like, Chloe, shut up, do what I say. And he walks out. He says, and Chloe's just like Too bad. <laughs> he literally says, Too bad, bro. Like Chloe just looks like, damn it. Okay. And Chloe does decide to go to the Luther's house where she is now interviewing Lex in his mansion and he is now automatically annoyed by her. He's already even doubting it because it's like, look, I know my family has its fair share of like pretty much crime or whatever, but petty crime? Why would they even decide to dabble in that petty crime? And she even goes, Lex, how many Luthers are there, especially Lachlan Luthers? Listen, Chloe, I can promise you that until my father bought that cream corn factory, we have never ever been in a Smallville. Maybe you have some great uncle or something. You know what? What are you even doing here, Chloe? Well, I'm here to help Lana. Something tells me you're not here for Lana. Oh. What is he implying right there? Huh? Is he crossing some boundaries himself here? Maybe he thinks Chloe wants to suck him off. Actually, he only thinks that she is here because of Clark. Mm. That is why that was a shot, because that also means, what is it, Lex and Clark gossiping? Huh? They're gossiping, talking shit? Saying that Chloe is the one that's needy, that Chloe's the one that's always begging for something? Is that what's going on between them? Because that's what I got out of that. Wow, dude, you're really, you're really messed up on that. What are they doing? What are they doing gossiping like that? <laughs> Won't they stay in their own lanes? Dude, wow. Either way. Are you her boyfriend? Why don't you relax? <laughs> Either way, Chloe then says, uh, well, Lex, we actually want to be able to find out because maybe he knew something about the drifter that was here, and maybe the drifter is the one that murdered his wife, Dex's wife. Yeah. And so they're basically going through that, and now it's kind of even intriguing Lex a bit because, like, look, Lex, we're trying to just help and find out, but... Lex is like, I think you've met a dead end, okay? 
But is that it for Lexo? Because he still seems a little intrigued as the scene ends. It's like... But it could be for Lex. Like what I've even said last episode. He's not making sense to me with how he's acting with his family. It's yeah. like he's so protective of them already. So with him wanting to be in business with Lionel this season, him wanting to just do the things he wants to do with Luther Corp, I don't know if he wants to go against his family or to research them anymore. I hope I'm wrong. I know. Yeah, he like he kind of wants to keep the clean track record. Yes, he, right he wants to be in a way Lionel. Mm-hmm. And so let's go to the Clark Barn because I also have a question for you, Joseph. Okay. So we just left the torch and we said that I need to go meet up with Lana because she found things in her attic and she wants us to look over them. So you got to go talk to Lex. Right. We just saw Chloe talking to Lex, and then we see nighttime where Clark walks into his barn, sees Lana, and is shocked that Lana is in his barn. Yeah. What was he doing all day? I don't know. <laughs> because, yeah, it was weird. We had daylight. It's like, what was he doing in this meantime? What was he doing for the entire time? If his job was to go and see Lana, and he did not go and see Lana, and she had to come and see him, what was he doing? Rewind real quick. Just one click. Because he said something. He's apologizing for something. Oh, no. Yeah, it's an apology because he did not believe her. Oh. And for getting upset with her for butting into his uh, past life with his dad. Yeah, because he, he was all defensive. Yeah. But so, that's what I mean. It's like they haven't seen each other since the morning. <laughs> and like... Lana's like, yeah, I kind of took a fat dump on your chest with all that information. So, but, uh, but yeah, I get it because, you know, you want to find out what your birth parents are like, but biggest nightmare is that maybe my family comes from criminals and it's like, Lana's like, I know it's not easy. My family sucks. And so it's then once again, kind of just, all right, we forgive each other. So guess what, Clark? I brought over the trunk with those belongings that I said I found in the attic. Louise's things. Let's open it. And now Clark immediately starts picking up things. My God, can you just hold on and let Lana do it? But he <laughs> picks up the photos, starts going through them. All of a sudden, Lana decides to check out a little love letter where both of them turn red because it must be a sex note or something because... What is with their reaction to this by just reading all my love? Oh my god, wow. You taste so good. I want to have more. Who knew? Because he even says, like, wow, who knew they could have been so passionate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make it awkward. So Horny? I'm telling you. Horny, for sure. And what do we see is at the end of the note is a letter that looks like a J. It does look like a J. It's in cursive, so it looks like a J, where we are automatically assuming Joe wrote her a sexy time letter. That's right. Sexy time letter. (laughs) Maybe it's a Kryptonian sex letter. (laughs) What would that even be like? Dude, imagine it was just alien language. I want to pound you into the ground so hard. <laughs> I want to have sex on top of the sun. I can't wait till both of our heat rays clash and oh. burst. <laughs> imagine my supersonic speed with your indestructible body. <laughs> but it'd be all in Kryptonian symbols, so they'd be looking at it like, what is this? I'm getting hot and heavy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so she finds a pearl necklace. She finds a pearl necklace, and she's like, 
Could you? Okay, we're just stealing things. We're now? just now gonna be putting. Could you please help me put on my dead aunt's pearls? Sure, I would love to. And the moment this man touches those pearls, we now have a flashback of a sexy time scene. Oh yeah, and it's Joe Louise, and now we have that one song we we're playing at the beginning by the Flamingos, and they're just getting, they're doing weird things in this bar. I don't know. They're like kissing on each other, and then they stop, look at each other, and start walking away. And, and then now they pull each other close to each other again. As if this is a dance and they're on Broadway is what they're doing. And it's really really <laughs> strange to me because it's not natural nope. whatsoever. And what does become natural is them now kissing, but them saying, all I want to do is be with you. All I want to do is have you. They've known each other for 24 hours. That's right. And now they're going at it like animals where there is ripping off clothes, but I just don't understand the backing up here onto the post. I'm so confused. Wouldn't she want to sit down? Instead, it's up against the post time. Dude, it's some weird, like, I don't even know what to call it because it's like setting the scene. Like, you have to just do certain things while you're rehearsing or whatever. She tries to run away, and dude, they are, they're having, like, that eight-mile scene right now where Marshall Mathers is getting up on Brittany Murphy in the factory. R.I.P. R.I.P. Brittany Murphy. <laughs> he didn't kill her in that scene, though. No, he didn't. No. No. <laughs> no, no. Completely separate. Separate. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to confuse him. <laughs> and so now, yep, they're on the hay. And we confirmed uh, Megan said this is uncomfortable, right? This is uncomfortable. And the reason why my wife said it's uncomfortable is because nobody wants hay in their ass. That's right. That is just insane. The real problem I have is my wife and I have never been in a barn. So now I have a lot of <laughs> questions that I have to ask. You know what? Now I feel like Dex. So maybe. Yeah, you're just maybe a nice guy in the corner. Sense. That's what it is. You're like, hey. I've never been in the barn before. I'm in the house. She's in the barn with Joe. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Whose uh, barn is it? Is this hers? It's hers. That's what we find out. Because remember, Dex runs out of the house in the morning to go to the barn. This is the same barn. Bro, Luis, don't shit where you eat, man. Yeah, she couldn't even hide it and go to like a little motel. Or how about where do you stay, Joe? Um, Nowhere. <laughs> In the forest. <laughs> and, yeah, it's like broad daylight. So now we finally come back after they clearly are going to have sex. And so Clark just gets up from his little flashback and he's like, Lana, I don't think it was that guy killed her. I think it was an actual drifter because these two were in love. And Lana's looking at him like, what are you talking about? Why would she ever believe him? Yeah. Who's going to believe this man after he just put on a pearl necklace and is just like, I know what happened. And the thing is, it's also strange because even though I will I will give it this. So instead of it being strange, I will say it does make sense to Clark's point. Or I would believe Clark if I was Lana. Remember earlier in the episode, mm -hmm. he said he's a murderer. All he wants to do is try to convince people he's innocent, blah, blah, blah. But now Clark has changed his mind. And now he says that, wait. Clark didn't change his mind. No. Never mind at all. If I'm Lana, I'm not believing a damn word you said because you still think my great uncle killed him. You didn't change any of your perspective. Instead, now you're adding another line saying, guess what? The drifter had sex with her, Lana, so they loved each other. Maybe that's why your uncle killed her. That's right. That's what he's doing. I try to give him benefit of a doubt. <laughs> and now... We get to 
Lex going to Lionel's office. And Lionel's like, congratulations, the board was impressed. This uh, is, you know, it was smoke and mirrors, but it was skillfully done. Good job. What can I say? I guess the... Uh, way to bullshit the board, Lex. I'm real proud of you, is that's what Lionel just said. And now they have a back and forth because Lex then mentions, well, I've learned from the best. He, he. Um, so what are you trying to say, son? Yeah, are you deception. saying that I've been deceiving you? Mm-hmm. You've always described Grandfather Lachlan as a hardworking entrepreneur from a Scottish family. That's why he had that great accent at the beginning. <laughs> and maybe you can explain why he was arrested in 1961 for petty robbery in Smallville, Dad? And he's like, well, not, entre- not all entrepreneurs are successful and honest, you know? Why would you go to such great lengths, though, in order to be able to hide our past? So this confirms here that he was obviously intrigued by what Chloe told him. And so now he actually did some research, a little bit, and is confronting his father about it. And, and we even, isn't Suicide Slum an actual DC Comics place? Yes, it is. I just don't know if it's profound, meaning like it's a big deal neighborhood. <laughs> but no, um, because Lionel does say he was born and bred in the Suicide Slums. And that's actually a common DC uh, area. DC Comics area in Metropolis. It's actually known as the South Side of Metropolis, which is funny. But now, of course, as Lionel's kind of just, I guess, explaining the what he his did. parents and where they came from and what happened, it's like they died in a tenant fire um, in their apartment building. And so Lex is like, oh, wow. And he's like, is, is even the memorial on our plot of land real? And he's like, well, this is what happened. And this, the only reason I'm alive is because I was um, away from the, the fire and they died. So this is where we kind of see a lot of emotion from Lionel. He's like actually kind of choking up a bit. And it truly looks like this is this. We struck a chord here. We struck a little sensitive chord with Lionel. And it seems like, oh, okay, he was actually close to his parents, and that really messed him up. By the way, Suicide Slum, Black Lightning, that's his stomping ground. Ah, Black Lightning, okay. That's where we most likely have heard it from. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's very cool. Black Lightning. Shout out my boy. But what Lionel also does explain in that scene is that the reason why he did lie to Lex and to everybody is because with him going to certain events, he always felt like that whenever he would bring that up, people were tired of it. Nobody wanted to hear about a poor kid. So his whole idea behind this was... He started to work really hard. He got that crazy mentality. But he also thought of it as in order to make up a story saying that they were always rich, which I gotta ask you, does that seem like a red flag? Because I even put in the notes, I don't see how that would be such a negative thing on you that you would then decide to hide what happened to your parents to Lex. Yeah, and it even shows you would probably be more respected because you're obviously not rubbing it in people's faces when you're saying this or feel sorry for me. It's just like, hey, my background, yeah, I came from these parents. They weren't much when they were here. They actually died in a tenant fire. And I am now Lionel Luther. I'm the one who works really hard because like... I have no one now. I have to work for something, you know? For me, that doesn't sound too bad. It sounds admirable, (laughs) if anything. It's just like, wow. Because if you really think about it, you're a poor kid in the slums. Your parents die. What's the most common thing that could happen from that point? You turn into drugs. You turn into crime, maybe. And it's like, oh, I worked legitimately hard to get where I am at. 
And that's why I wanted to bring it up because already that is a red flag. It's weird because even Lex is still kind of, he's kind of cool. He's questioning it. Why would I believe you? A tenement fire. And then so that scene ends because we see Lionel choke up, but that's it. So now we go to back to Clark and Lana. And, and they're actually checking out the barn. The that sex was, barn. The sex barn. And Clark is deciding to do one thing that I don't understand. He's, I'm going to rub my hand on everything if that I If I was I Lana <laughs> and I kept seeing him touch things, like purpose, he's just running to and from. He's running at it. Touch, oh, touch. Touch. Let me tell you what this cover, this car cover did for the car. Nothing. Um, it looks so bad still. Do you really think that that car would have been left there for 50 years? And not taken apart by now, or somebody trying to build it up. Those old cars don't really last long in barns. Maybe in Kansas, it's a little bit different. And the thing is, if that was Dexter's land, Dex's land at one point. Wouldn't he have lost it it's because lost. he's a murderer? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, if not, why wouldn't Lana So now they're doing there? a typical breaking entering here. Yeah, so this is not their property anymore. <laughs> not their barn. Clark, don't worry. I can find a way in. <laughs> yeah, the door is wide open. <laughs> Clark and, puts his hand on the car now, and we are back to 1961. And it looks like a date night. Looks like a date night. They're out by the car. They're actually in the barn again. <laughs> and this is nighttime now. This is nighttime. They've been doing it all day long. Dude, and it's like, what? And so Luis is like already ready to button her shirt again. And Joe is like, I'm leaving tonight. And she's like, I'll go with you. I'm going with you. I I can't be with Dex anymore. I don't love him. I told you it's not possible. But Dex is small and he's not that rich. (laughs) You're big. You're the one I want to be with. So he then, Joe, is telling Luis... It's just not something that can happen. Where I come from, we won't be accepted. I don't care. I don't care what people think. I'm coming with you. I never have. This I've never cared what they think about me. They've all called me whores. Five clinger. Dude, <laughs> stage five clinger, bro. Go to DefCon 2, dude. We need to we need to get her out of here. And she's like, Dex says that's my curse. Not why would about you, people's opinion. Why would you bring up your husband? Yeah, stop. You said Dex twice now. Why are we even acknowledging him unless in a way you do love him and you're only loving this person right now because he's some new booty Mm. and this is just lust, not love. Dude, it's been lust from the get-go. That's all they've been doing. They know nothing about each other. They know (laughs) that they look like naked. That's about it. So hot. I wish I could see Tom naked. Well, we've only seen the cheeks. Maybe we'd get more later on. But Joe does say, no, Luis, Dex is wrong. That's, That's not a, gift. a curse. It's a gift. Way to just keep burying Dex. You've already had sex with his wife. You don't his need to keep going. His ears must be burning, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wherever he's at. I don't know how she's pulling this off in secret, but. <laughs> she even says, I have to return home. But why? Because it's my destiny and I can't change it. So. Now we get to talk about how. Yeah. <laughs> this is some very big duality here. Where we had Clark, who was told he needed to follow his destiny from Jarrell. And he decided to go against that, instead of just asking why. But, considering this is obviously Jarrell in the flashback, we can see how they're very similar. Because he's accepted that it's his destiny, and he can't change it, but he still didn't ask why he's here why is he here put that in my notes too i said oh i guess it runs in the family they don't ask questions 
They like, just yeah. go with it. Jarrell's a yes, father. I'll do what you ask. No explanation needed. Clark is like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to ask what it is. I, I'm just really lost because even with Jarrell, this is why it doesn't work for me with this episode. If he knows that all these things happen, why wouldn't he give Clark a better warning or understand and reason with him when he says that he loves somebody? Right? Because apparently Joe loves Louise is what we're supposed to believe. But if that's how Jarrell was with Clark, obviously Louise means nothing and she's trash and just something to hook up with. Because I also want to throw this out in a question to you. Is he married right now? Dude, that, that's the thing I wanted to get into because we all know that Clark's mother, biological mother, is Laura L., the wife of Jarrell. Yep. And he even states here, Joe, that, oh, I've never met, I've never felt like this with anyone. I've never met anyone like you. And it's like, so how young are we, Jarrell? How is time working so differently from Earth and Krypton? Because, spoiler, he does go back eventually, but it's like, was he, was the test to come here to check it out? Was he truly just having a tourist visit? Oh, let me check this place out on my way back home. Well, and that's what also bothers me. And the reason why I ask question, because somebody could tell us, oh, no, no, no. See, since it's Tom Welling playing him, it means that he's still the same age, that they're 17, 16 years old right now. Mm. The reason why that doesn't work for me is because that means Louise should be in prison for having sex with a child. That's right. Louise is married. So how old is she? Well, you know, back then they got married young. I'm still saying that she would be in high school if I'm believing Lana. How old is Dex? Dex looks like he's 45. Dex does look old. He's at least 35. So I get what you're saying about marrying young. That does happen when they're the same age and they're grown up. This usually doesn't happen unless there's some arranged marriage or he ordered her off of the internet. Solid point you're making right now. That's Very all. much questioning this relationship again. That's why you have to pick and choose on what you're accepting in this episode. Yeah, and it's like if he is a kid, then uh, it just... Because Kryptonians don't age like Earthlings, bro. They don't. Like, Superman would live long. He's going to outlive Lois, everyone pretty much he loves. But how long was he with Lara? Like, that's the other thing. It's like, I don't know. It's just weird. I wish it was explained a little bit better, but that's why I hate that Jarrell is in this. What we do have now in this scene is after they've talked, after he touches her face... Lachlan then comes in out of nowhere and just Lachlan decides Luther to again. fire a gun. And the thing is, dude, this is now playing into the scene we first saw from Dex when he's older and had the flashback of watching the Drifter. We're getting the actual other point of view here. Luis gets shot from a reflected or deflected bullet from from Jarrell's <laughs> chest, Joe. And so she gets shot and she's dead. Also, mind you, Lachlan was wearing a hat. Yes. He had a gun. He shot multiple times. Yes. In the flashback with Dex, he saw a drifter, no hat. He heard one gunshot, and the guy left. Dex is out of his mind, dude. Well, no, Dex was inside. So he probably only heard the one. Maybe he thought it was at first just the TV or He's going something. senile, dude. He can't remember right anymore. Well, okay, Dex is old. And then look at this. As like he's embracing Lu- uh, Louise as she's dying... We now go back to present time and Clark's literally like shaking and touching Lana's face. Like as if he's Joe, he's experiencing the memory and Lana's just like, 
what are you doing, Clark? Why are we questioning this more? I don't know. Because she's like, Clark, what is it? And Clark's like, backs up. Joe didn't kill her. Who's Joe? <laughs> <laughs> they don't know it's Joe. Who's they don't Joe? Know anybody that you are even mentioning at this time. The only thing Lana wants to hear, you're right, your uncle was innocent. Why can't you just say that, Clark? I know, right? But it's like, well, why are you saying that? It would have been so funny if Clark pulled a joke on her. He's like, yeah, Joe killed her. Who's Joe? Joe Mama. <laughs> I actually would have preferred him. He goes, oh, I know who killed her. Who? I think your uncle was still a part of it. I need another flashback. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go start touching some more things out back. I'm still not convinced. <laughs> yeah, that guy Dex doesn't seem like the cool dude. But... Now we go back to Lex at the mansion. And what we have in this scene is Lex having to have hired a private eye in order to investigate his family's history to then see if his father was telling the truth about the tenant fire and if they really died that way. The private eye says, yes, everything your father said was true with the grandparents having passed. Lex then acknowledges, I can't believe he was right all along. But the private eye has one more tidbit of information. Yeah, because Lex says, wow, yeah, he was telling the truth. They died in a fire. He's like, yeah, if you call a fire an explosion that blows up two blocks. And now Lex says, wait, nobody told me about an explosion. What, what happened? Yeah, well. The private eye actually ended up working at that precinct at that time. He was a detective. Yes. And he then questioned it himself, believed that something was afoot and that things were not as they appeared. Mm -hmm. And so there was a point where back then they told you to drop a case, you do it. And so they dropped the case. They didn't investigate further. It was just deemed as explosion or sorry, fire. And Lex, I want you to read my report. I think you'll find it quite interesting of what I think really happened. And Lex is looking at it like it's eye candy. He couldn't wait to pick up that fold. <laughs> yeah, and then he just looks back at the P the PI and he's like, "Hmm, good info." <laughs> I we love don't know what it is. It cuts it cuts off of that scene. So Luis had sex with four people. <laughs> oh my god, the theory is unraveling, dude. And it's wow. It's like you know. But I do want to go back to the Jarrell thing because it still is going to bother me this entire time. And that's why I can't let this episode go. I need his age. I need it. Yeah, because it goes into the whole thing, man. Like, why is he there? Is this truly just a father's test to understand maybe mortals? Is it, is it something to where maybe Jarrell is already has that role as the, you know, the scientist? Because he is the Kryptonian scientist, you know? And maybe he's actually checking out perspective planets for krypton i and again i hate that we went into the marvel side but you did it first uh this was guardians of the galaxy 2 with peter quill's father mm. of him going to different planets and he's going to try to knock everybody up and to try to make his own perfect being yeah to have a perfect air and it, it kind of goes back into the man of steel thing because that was their agenda you know they go they just pl they go to different planets, take over. It's almost like even Invincible too, like the whole uh, uh, Viltrumites. And the only other thing I wanted to compare with Clark. So the only thing I will try to make a connection, because again, I try to do both here to make it make sense. 
the test has got to be not trusting people. Yeah. And Jarrell now having to experience a, a love apparently for somebody and then for another human to then come about and just automatically fire a weapon causing her death, it would then have Jarrell lose faith in humanity. Mm. Which would then tie into Clark with him in a way losing faith in humanity with him being bad and him seeing how Metropolis is on the nighttime. It's that's the only thing because I'm still going to try to figure out what the test was. That's the only thing that I can think of what it is. It's losing faith in the humanity. Yeah. And it's like because you're kind of when they're looking at it, you know, they're looking at mortals like they're like the cavemen, you know, exactly like down to the primal habits and actions of humans or mortals. You're seeing that they just destroy each other. You're a god. This is below you. You don't want the peasants. I like that a lot. That Jarrell like actually just maybe gets either he's going for a visit or testing it out or he has a test himself. But either way, he learns from this because it's like, oh, yeah, majority of people here are not cool. Not at all. Rule them with your strength, my son. And he probably also looks down on the women, too. Seeing how Luis just put it out there immediately while married he probably was like, whoa. Yeah, because remember, he showed Clark Lana, that little glimpse of Lana. He's like, yeah, you see that girl right there? She served her purpose. Yep. Being a concubine. And it would be weird, by the way, and that's why I also hate this. He would have acknowledged Luis a little bit more if that was somebody that he cared about. In that scenario with Clark, he would have been, I know you love her. But See, that's that's like the Omni-Man side yes. of Jarrell. Because Jarrell usually is like that great mentor. He, he has reason and whatnot. That could be why he also did not include Chloe and Pete. What is that he knew that they meant nothing, that the only person he would think of would be Lana. The love. The love. And he had no interest in the side friends. Look what happens to love, Clark. I had to marry Lara. <laughs> <laughs> And I had you. We're so happy about yeah, it. Yeah, our planet blew up the day you were born. God, by the way, best day of my life. Yo, let me make the planet better. I'm going to send some of our planet rocks that are infected, and they're going to go with you to the planet. Hope you have fun, son. Going to ruin everyone's lives. Let's go to the high school. Yeah. And so now, um, Clark is explaining the flashback he just had. Before with- you go on, I just have to say one thing. He's explaining the flashback to the other two, Velma and Freddy. So we have Lana, Chloe, and Clark. Pete's not invited because Pete was a piece of shit. So, and he didn't believe anything. So he can't be a part of the Scooby-Doo gang right now. That's true. And it's valid too because he literally looked at him like, yeah, okay, high ass. Yeah, you're so right. He's not coming. Oh, Kryptonian alien from other planet. Yeah, you're not making any sense, Clark. What's your, what's your real name? But anyways, yeah. yeah. So He's, he's not invited t- at the He's cartel. telling the flashback and he's like, Lachlan Luther was the one that shot Luis. And he's like, what are you talking about? Lachlan was in jail at the time of the murder. And so... How do you know this, Clark? Yeah, and they're just like... And he's like, well, you're not going to believe me. And he he actually turns around and says, hey, ever since um, we went and looked through their things, been having flashbacks of uh, that time. And he tells them straight up. And they're just like, what? And then Chloe brings up, what, you think this is some type of reincarnation? Because they look exactly like you two. Dude, this is where she's breaching. Let me tell you who copied Smallville. Assassin's Creed. 
Ooh, I don't mind that theory. Because she even says right here, there's a theory that uh, we have ancestry memories in our DNA. Like we have the memories locked in our DNA from our ancestors. And so maybe this is one of those. And so now they're like, oh, interesting. So that's what that's literally what Assassin's Creed is based on. Having a machine to finally go through your DNA to access your ancestors' memories. Got you. So Clark now is going to start going on top of buildings. Leap of faith. And he's going to be wearing a hood and have knives up his sleeves and start slitting people's throats. That's right. Smallville is getting somewhere. Instead of the flying hawk or the eagle, dude, it's crypto. Oh, the dog. That would be amazing. <laughs> I'm all about this. And if I could just see, by the way, Clark big ass body just trying to hide in the bushes i can see you idiot he's like like twice the size of everyone in the (laughs) town they're like not that big it's like why are you in a hood shouldn't you be like a soldier why are you here (laughs) you can't even climb on the trees because he would just wait and you know locals man they know everyone in the town so it's like who are you when did you get here so anyways, they yeah, they theorize that, but then even Chloe points out, I just found a clip of a newspaper that they emailed me. Well, even if we think you're crazy, your things that you've been saying, your theories They're here, lining up. They're eerily close to what actually has happened. Yep. And look at the police bar. There's a logbook that, of course, he was only in there for a few nights for armed robbery, Lachlan Luther. But look at the name of the deputy who released him. I thought he was sheriff at this time. It says Deputy Billy Tate. Was he not sheriff? It said sheriff on his uniform. Except, what if he was also lying about that? And and that Billy Tate, he's not only a person that has followed Luis, set up a crime in order to be a hero, but he also lies about his status because he is. He just wants to be bigger than he is. Exactly. He wants to be big shot. And come to find out, William Tate, Billy Tate, is actually the Smallville mayor now. What? And look, even fun fact about this, bro. This is not the first time we've seen him. He did look familiar. What episode was he in? He was, was in the season two episode, was it the Ryan. He was the corrupt mayor who accepted bribes from Lionel in order to speed up the zoning approval for the LexCorp expansion. Oh, yes. And he called him into his office in order to see. I thought he refused to do it. He wanted more for himself in order to approve it. Yes, because he said that you were just using it to promote my competition, Mm -hmm. not promoting me. And Lionel then told him that you're too old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's him, dude. That is the same guy. So we already know at this point, if you're the viewer and you remember that, this guy's corrupt, dude. It's probably him. And now we have Lana and Clark then asking him the question about the booking that night of who this drifter was, as well as if Lachlan was in prison at that time, how do you think he was able to get out? And Tate, no, oh, I don't know. It was a long time ago. Long time ago. Look, and then they're trying to plead the case. We don't think he actually killed him. And come to find out, Billy Tate was best friends with Dex and Louise. And he says that it hurts him that he wasn't able to or convince or to find other evidence to point to somebody else besides his own best friend. Obviously, the issue is he just immediately accused Dex and did not even look for any evidence whatsoever and just said, oh, my God, why would you do that? Yeah, And he's like, trust me, I tried very hard to believe that he wouldn't do it, but 
the facts are facts. He did it. And it's like, okay. Clark then walks away, and as he's walking away, he goes and looks at the old photo sitting on Tate's, I guess you could say, desk area. And what he notices is a letter where the T in his last name is signed like a J. Yes, and looks exactly like the J we saw in that love letter. Yes, meaning the love letter was not from Joe or Jarrell. It was, was in from fact Billy Tate. And that means Louise was having sex with Billy, with First, Joe. during? No, so this is what I think it was occurring. Louise, in all honesty, I'm sorry, folks, she's a villain. She was having sex with Dex because she married him. She got bored of her relationship. And so then she started having sex with Billy. Billy was the new up-and-coming, good-looking sheriff, cop, whatever. And she just wanted some action from a tough guy. What then happens is that Joe comes into town who's an even bigger tough guy who then fills and checks off all the boxes and now Luis is so infatuated with Joe. She had sex with all three men. She is playing games with all three men. She is the worst person in this entire story. I'll say it, I said it once, I'll say it again. That's my type of woman, dude. But now we have flashback time. We have flashback because he touched, no, sorry, Billy Tate put his hand on yeah. Clark's shoulder, and that triggered him because now Joe is getting caught in the car with Luis. Billy Tate is literally, like, threatening him, telling him, hey, Luis, go home. You need to figure out what you want, what you really want, Luis. He's like, get out of the car right now, me and you. Luis, you stay over there. It's time for you to go home, buddy. And Luis is now coming out to try to reason with him, and he really is just disappointed in her. He's just thinking, you're making a huge mistake right now. And by the way, this isn't even a threat from him. No. That's also kind of what threw me off with Mr. Well, Tate it goes here. with your theory that he is now, she is now infatuated with Joe and not hooking up with Billy anymore. But Billy doesn't take it as, I'm going to get you back. He just goes, just decide what you want and then leaves as if he's just hurt. Now we have... He's truly in love with her, you can tell. And just to let everybody know, you're not going to get that upset... You're not going to write a love letter unless he's getting some. Mm-hmm. That's right. She was putting out. She was putting out, dude. And here she is. Typical little goals. You know, I, you know, I never really loved Dex, but he was always, don't get me wrong, he's a nice man, but I've had, I have dreams. I want to be a star in Hollywood. Waitress. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a huge star. I want to make something of myself. I have bigger dreams and aspirations. You know, I think our fathers would get along because they're both assholes. Do you want to have sex again? <laughs> hey, yo, my name's Joe. <laughs> See, I'm not what you would call a model son. My father sent me here as a sort of a lesson. <laughs> it bothers me. What is the lesson? And so, Jarrell, you're now being like your father, who you said at this time you hate... So you grew up to be the one person you... D I am confused on how this is Jarrell and how Jarrell ended up the way he did. It's weird because, like, I truly think that he, he was the one that didn't ask questions and became just the Kryptonian, the typical Kryptonian culture. And like, this is the thing. And he believes his son just has to do that? Yeah. Like that, oh, I did it, so you have to do it too? But that's a big trend with parents, man. I get you, but that's not how he acts here. I know. It's like he's truly, he has to be like, I'm going to say 20, 25 between there. He, it has to be young. He just, 
he doesn't act like his reactions. It just doesn't add up. Yeah, they don't. No, I completely uh, feel you. And so, by the way, now we're gonna get to something pretty big, though. In the same scene, I love this. This is pretty cool. I knew you would. I this is cool, man. I hated this. Why? Because I knew it was happening, and I immediately said, "She has acknowledged she's been on the planet for a few days." Yeah. How does he know? Know what? How to do this? Well, I don't think it's that. I think they they've always known what they can do. But it depends on the sun. I'm which f- we talked about last week. The sun is the power. And I get it. But I'm going to further, by the way, at this point then. If you're saying that he already had it, like, kind of like a. Well, he knew what he it, could do? Yeah. He's old and he's cheating on Lara. Then Jarrell is a piece of shit. But <laughs> well, we've all known he's a piece, <laughs> of, piece shit. of shit. But that's why I wanted to say he <laughs> is old enough then. If he knew what to do in this scene, he's old. Because he does start talking to Luis, like, about where he's from. You know, we have sunsets that last for hours. We have two moons or some shit. And all this stuff that describes that, okay, what are you talking about? Because that's not Earth. And so he picks up Louise. He's like, yeah, let's just have a romantic time. And then as you can see, he starts to float. Fly, in a sense. Starts to actually fly. And he's taking Louise up. And I don't know if Louise... Oh, there we go. She's staring at him. And then now she's realizing, holy shit, we're literally floating. This just reminds me so much of the original Superman whenever he's carrying Lois for one of the first times. And she was like looking down as well. It's, it's exactly yeah, like that, bro. it's very similar to that scene. And it looks so funny, because just the effects. But, yep. He is, uh, I mean, he knew how to super speed. He's definitely been to a point where, I don't know. Strength he had. He knew how to control it, not to kill the person. I will say, though, remember his reaction when he got shot multiple times. He acted as if, oh, wow. Well, by the way, I, I think it's hard to experience a gun unless you're going to shoot yourself. That is, I'm going to, like, the powers in him knowing that proves his age more to me than him not being shot by a gun. Because also in 1961, how many guns were being shot? That's true. I mean. I mean, the, we got firearms, but they kind of suck. Yeah. I mean, you see a little hand pistol? I'm yeah. pretty sure Billy Tate only had a club. He didn't have a gun. <laughs> a mallet. He got mad at Daz because he's like, where'd you get this gun? (laughs) Lachlan Luther. Yeah. Man was just getting hired as a hitman, bro. That's the only thing I could think he is. Is that he's not a a broke person. I think he was specifically hired by Billy Tate. Yeah. And, And I think he may have been a reoccurring character in his story. Meaning he was always the guy to try to make him look better. Yeah. I feel that. Um... So as we get away from the flashback, we come back to Smallville, and Lana and Clark are now explaining the entire situation to Sheriff Adams like she would even bother to believe them. Oh, hey, Mayor Tate is actually a murderer for this crime that happened 40 years ago. I'm... I'm not going to lie. I feel like Sheriff Adams at this point, in order to be able to get on her good side if you're Clark Kent, don't go up to her. Just avoid her at this point. She actually would leave you alone, and she's not going to bother you either because obviously he's white, but she has to stop seeing him, and that's where Clark needs to stop trying to present things to her because it's going in one ear and out the other. Oh, dude. She's not paying attention. Because she even says, look, hey, this is all a great story and whatnot, but hey, I need two things, motive and evidence. 
You don't got either. You got nothing. And they try to say that, of course, Billy was in love with her. And if no one could have her, or sorry, if anyone's not going to have, if anyone's going to have her, it's him. And it's not going to be anyone else, especially Joe. You know what I want to get to? I want to get to making some peaches with Martha and John. Um, he was boiling peaches in that scene with the jar. I didn't know what that was. Is that something that people do? You got me, bro. You think I'm a baker? You're supposed to be a farmer. I thought you said that you grew these things. <laughs> I ain't grow no peaches. I like peaches. <laughs> in there, nice little deep black. <laughs> <laughs> what John and Martha are talking about in this scene, though, is still more of Clark and being able for to accept him wanting to find out about his past. Yeah, and he's actually being able to live flashbacks of his actual father. And it's like, you know what? You know, we got to get to the point where, like, we're not his real parents. And, I mean, if any opportunity he has, he's going to want to take it. So, at least he's lucky to find more stuff about him. And so, Clark finally walks in. And they go, Clark, have you had any more visions? And an awkward smile from Martha. And John is standing there going, yeah, son, yeah. tell me about the visions. Any cool visions about your real dad? Yeah, seriously. And Clark's like, throw this in my face some more. <laughs> and Clark's like, um... No. no. <laughs> John walks over. Listen, son, I'm sorry I doubted you and talked to all that shit. But you know what? If you are really experiencing these things, I want you to be able to tell me. Let's you and I go over to that McCullum bar and let's start doing some touching. Yeah. But what Clark notices is like, hey, that, that gun you have on the wall, that's Grandpa's gun. And he's like, I saw it in the cave when I first had those multiple visions. And so Clark's, I mean, John's like, okay. So he lets Clark touch it to feed into his theory, and he gets a flashback. Okay, I'll tell you right now, this flashback here with Joe, because he's bending over, looks like, is he out of breath? Why is he bending over like that? I don't know what he's doing on this farm. I don't know why Joe is in Was this- he? Was he, like, so grief-stricken because he just lost Louise that he's on the run now? Is he, like, sick to his stomach? Maybe. I'm going to buy that, and uh, I didn't know what he was doing Like, he's here. lovesick at this point. Depressed. Yeah. And, like, this guy, so this is Grandpa, right? This is Grandpa. Yes. Grandpa Hiram. Grandpa Hiram. Hiram. And he goes and hits Clark, or sorry, hits Joe with the, with the gun handle, and then also swings on him. I'm sorry, that gun would have been broken. Yeah, it would have done something. It wouldn't have even had a reaction. And Joe had a reaction to it when he to was both. struck. Yes. To the hit to the face and to the ribs. Was there a kryptonite in that gun? Yo. Well, you, you know there wasn't no meter shower yet. That's true, but the Kents already have a belt. So there could be that chance that maybe they just grew it. Man, that's <laughs> fucked up. And so, of course... How do you grow kryptonite? And, of course, <laughs> the guy who is Grandpa, he's like, look... You must be the one the town's after right now. You need to just take it easy, man. Because he thought he was going to shoot him with his own gun. And he's like, look, man, I'm not a killer. I'm, I love that woman. I'm not trying to hurt anyone. And Hiram's just staring at him. And he decides to introduce himself and stick out his hand. I'm be- Hiram Kent. Because guess what? I'm a good judge of character. That's right. And I know who he to believes be able to him. trust. Yes. He believes him. And so immediately as they shake hands, we come back to the present. And Clark's like, oh, my God. The drifter. He was on the farm. Both parents look at each other now. Oh, great. Now we bring out their family heirlooms. And, you know, John's like, I haven't opened this since the day my father passed away. And I hated him, so I'm glad we're doing this. (laughs) Thanks, Clark. And so they're like, you know, maybe something's going to trigger a memory here. They open it up. They're looking at a few things. 
And John's really having a hard time with this. Yeah, get it. Like, John's getting very emotional with seeing the belt buckle because he remembers when his dad beat him with the belt. And so... <laughs> he wore this every single day of his life as well as beating me with it. Clark then takes a look at it says, this reminds me of my belt. <laughs> hey, this looks awfully similar to that kryptonite belt you have. Clark's still wanting to see what else they can find in the box. The they jacket. Did- and it's a bomber jacket that looks exactly like the one that Joe was wearing that night. So Joe left his jacket there where Clark touches it, and now we have a flashback. Yep. So they swap jackets because I guess that's going to make them look different. Um, and it's really weird because Hiram introduces, I can't remember her name. but Jessica Kent. Introduces Jessica to Joe. Now Hiram, Jessica then give him new clothes. She hands him back his bomber jacket to take. He is holding it in his hands, about to leave, turns around and says, you know, I have no reason to stay here anymore. I need to be able to go. They tell him to be careful, and he starts rubbing Jessica's tummy. His name is going to be Jonathan. You know, I wanted to call him Gene. We're still trying to decide. <laughs> yeah, because Hiram wants to go help Joe. He said, I'm not sending you out there alone. I'll help you out to get you where you need to go. And so he's saying bye to Gene, who he wants to name his child. But we all know. It's and Joe. he hands her back the jacket and he says, I don't want to carry this. <laughs> uh, this is going to be in the way. <laughs> Can you I have one jacket. I don't need two. I tried to give you this the first time and you gave it back. Jessica, take the damn jacket. <laughs> and we come back to the present. And of course, Clark's like, Dad, they wanted to name you Gene. He helped out Joe. And John's like, after Gene Autry. Whoa. That was the old records my parents used to listen to. But Mom finally won out. How would you know that, Clark? And you know what? Hiram would never have helped a guilty man. That's true. And so even Martha's like, he's a good judge of character. He wouldn't have helped a guilty man. So now, Jonathan's more intrigued. So... This is probably their best plan yet, kind of. No, this is the worst plan I've ever no, seen. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. This is much better than their last few ones, okay? They decide to come up with a plan here. Clark. Because what they do say is that Tate will never admit what he did. So then they have to come up with a plan in order to convince Tate we are now inside of Tate's office. Back at his office. And so Clark decides to do this. He he visions the fireplace all of a sudden while Tate's reading a book, Mayor Tate. And Mayor Tate's like, what the hell was that? Who just started my fire? And so he's freaking out. Now we have Clark coming in dressed exactly like Joe, necklace and all, because he has it. And Tate looks at him and says, Mr. Kent, take off the damn (laughs) jacket. What are you doing here? I don't like these jokes, Mr. Kent. You're spreading all my papers everywhere, starting fires. What's the deal? And he's like, Sheriff Tate. Oh... We're going back to the old days where you were a sheriff. And he's like, Mr. Kent, yeah, I don't find this amusing. He's like, I think you've got me confused with someone else, you idiot. Please, sir, on the way. Okay, Clark, take off the fucking jacket. I know it's you. <laughs> he's, he's trying to sell this. But then, of course, he's saying, yeah, I don't think you know who this is. Speed runs around him when he turns around. Mayor Tate sees the necklace, and he's like, where did you get that? Holy shit. And he's like, tell him, I know you made a deal with Lachlan. I know you wanted uh, to kill Joe, but you ended up killing Louise instead. How did you feel about that? It was supposed to be you. And Billy Tate runs into his desk, starts grabbing a gun, and starts firing at him. And Clark does some quick matrix of just... He's literally doing the agent movement. By the way, it would have been cooler if you allowed him to hit him, just like Joe did, which would have been more of what happened. But what he's trying to portray is this a ghost. 
Oh. He's trying to possess because he even tells him. He even tells him like, "Hey, what are you trying to do? I'm already dead." So he's telling him like, "If you don't confess to the sheriff, I will haunt you forever." And of course, he Mayor Tate tries to then kill himself. That would have been great. And then Clark stops him, and then the police finally get in there, and they're like, "Who's here? What happened?" And of course, Mayor Tate just breaks down. He's like, "I never meant to hurt Louise." I loved her. He was only supposed to kill the drafter. And then now Sheriff Adams is like, oh shit, Clark and Lana were right. She doesn't even remember that. <laughs> she does not remember what those crazy like, kids went up and said so to her. Familiar? So anyways, yeah, that meritates in jail because now we have the release of Dexter McCollum. Wow. What is he going to do for the rest of his life now? For his uh, 15 days that he is on this earth, he is going to... I don't know, rest, (laughs) watch TV, which is what he was probably doing in the hospital. This guy is going to die tomorrow. Dude, and and it's crazy because it's really just sad because as Lana's walking him out and Dex is going through the whole thing, he's like, wow, I never never thought it'd be him. You know, he visited me for the first two years I was in here. That's some sick in the head shit What a piece of shit, That's some sickness. And then he even says, like, you know what? I always knew how he felt about her, but, man, I just never thought he'd do that. And, of course... He was a good friend of mine, and like, you know, I know she didn't love me as much as I loved her. And it's like, dude, this is sad. You knew? I just couldn't see that she felt the same way about me. I wish I knew when to let go. And that somehow is supposed to flip a switch into Lana's head for her to then be able to let go Clark. I feel like that's the case. That's what it was. And that's why her, like, mind just immediately went to that thought. My, I have a problem with it. And the reason being, no, it's not the same thing. Yeah. It's, by the way, Lana, did Clark say he didn't love you? Or does he say, I love you, we just can't be together? What he yeah, just... <laughs> it's pretty obvious how they feel about each other. It's not something that they're hiding, so I don't understand why you think that's automatically going to be the same thing as Dex and Louise. Louise didn't love Dex. Spoiler, Lana dies. Oh, my God. Totally kidding. All I know is... Or am I? I don't know. By the way, I'm hoping that everybody dies at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Because this episode has just murdered me. (laughs) And now we go back to the mansion. And Lex is showing the report of the grandparents' deaths. And, of course, there was ammonium nitrate in the evidence. And, of course, Lionel's like shocked. Or he's pretending to be shocked. He's acting distraught about it. as if I knew my father had enemies, but he's like... I just I don't know. And if Lex is like, that's not what you told the police. He's like, I was young, but never naive. All right, I mean, so that's red flag number two. I knew two. automatically <laughs> that whatever whoever did it would be watching me. What? That doesn't make sense. Lex is still kind of questioning. It's like, so you knew they were murdered. It's not like you had you. It's not like you to pass up the chance on revenge. It's Very not. good, Lex, because that's true. Yeah. No. He's he like, I didn't have resources at the time. Oh, what about the last 30 years? There was Look, nothing I could do. case was closed. There was nothing I, I could do, so I chose to move on. Forget about it. Lex then looks at him as if he doesn't still believe him, and he's like, you can't let it go, can you? No. no. He literally answers honestly, no, I can't. And it's like, it's such a weird thing. And he tells him, I owe you and thank you, son. Your grandparents were murdered. And you were the one that was able to bring this to light. They deserve justice. Oh, I was such a fool. I always thought their murder could stay buried in the past. Okay, 
You just said earlier that you wanted your dad's history of being poor to be buried. Now you want their murder to be buried, and you just wanted everything to not be able to look up. Uh, Lionel, you don't make sense. Yeah. Talking about both sides. And then Lex is even here. It's like, look, we're never going to rest until we find out who did this. Yeah, great. I'm so glad Lex is still on Papa's side. Oh, my God, dude. He is still... Lionel looks like he doesn't want to find out, so why do we want to find out? Because Lex... I love you, Daddy. I don't understand him Papa this Lionel. season. He is all about Papa Lionel. Yeah. Why? It's weird, man. They have such a weird relationship. Let's go to the barn and Clark looking at the necklace. He's looking at the necklace again. He's still just kind of, I guess, admiring it, analyzing it, whatever. Lana's back here. He hides the necklace. And, of course, he asks, how was Dexter? He's like, I think he's just relieved that his name has finally been cleared. But, uh, yeah, no one's going to get 40 years back. Personally, I'd be more relieved knowing I wasn't getting locked up again. Um, Clark, he's going to die tomorrow. So I don't think that's really important. I don't think Dex is thinking about that. In fact, I think he's thinking about what happened in 1961 because he has dementia. <laughs> and Lana's like, you know, he has to thank you for his freedom, I feel like, you know. And he's like, well, you're the one who believed him, Lana, you know. Yeah, so, I was. <laughs> I can't wait for her to leave right after this convo. But he was wrong about the drifter. I'm not so sure he was. Nothing would have happened to Louise if she didn't fall in love with the drifter. Nothing would have happened with Louise if she didn't flirt with Billy. Maybe. Billy wouldn't have been around. Billy was the one that orchestrated the murder. She could have just had sex with Joe if she was never having sex with Billy Tate. Facts. That's all this is. Louise bit off more men than she could chew. Because it just shows that Billy was following her. Yes. He had to have been following her from the first robbery. Same dude, Lachlan. Make him pose like the hero. He finds both of them in the car later on. Exactly. How? Exactly. They should know a hiding spot. Billy is the one. Billy's the one. It's his fault. It has nothing to do with Joe and her hooking up, even though it just makes Louise look worse. Yeah. But it's all it does. But obviously, Clark has to turn it into something else. And now. Okay, now we have Lana here. You know, I know Louise was wrong for what she did, but, you know, I kind of feel like she was lucky. She she knew what it felt like to really be in love. Didn't she say she loved Clark at the end of season two? Yeah. Weren't they in love for like equivalent of two episodes? Um, yeah. I'm I'm not understanding where she's coming from. It's okay, she's seventeen. I no, she's sixteen. <laughs> Is that better? Yeah. <laughs> no. It's too bad it couldn't last, Lana. It's like what what if that's not the point, you know? What better, if, basically, she's saying better to if, love at all than, to, or sorry, better to love once and not to love at all. It's supposed to be you wanting to treasure that time that you're able to spend together and stop holding on to what could have been. And she's looking at Clark as if to say, "This is our goodbye." Yeah, like this is weirdly like the official. Oh, this is me not I wanting to get do over this it. anymore. I'm just going to admire or reflect on the time we did have. Oh, one episode. It's been fun, Clark. <laughs> And so now that combo's over. We that go apple back. tree will never be the same. We go back to the cave, John and Clark. He touches the cave symbol again, and he gets his last flashback today. Joe's in the cave with Hiram Kent. And, and so, of course, the little medallion, the necklace, Joe goes, or Jarrell, he goes, you know, I was supposed to actually take this back to my father. 
but it has too many bad memories attached to it. In order to report on what occurred, uh, that also brings up questions. What (laughs) is the mission, bro? What is the lesson here? What if he did bring it back? And his father saw everything that he put on there, so my only reason on why he would hide it is because he doesn't want people to know he cheated on Lara. Is he hiding it from his father? What if Kryptonians are very strict on uh, a signed marriage? Yes. Or arranged marriage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only reason why he would hide it from him. Sure, you're supposed to be with Lara. How could you do this? Because also, if he was hiding it then from him, that means that he didn't want his father to find out, but he wants his son to find out? Maybe. Maybe he wouldn't have even thought if his son would find that. I just don't understand why leaving it there then and putting it in a place where it's like only they can do in the cave. I'm thinking it's a point where you leave it there, right? And it's it's just a thing. Like, I'm leaving it behind. That's it. This was my youth. I, I probably won't ever be back here again. But goes back. He's growing up. Krypton's on the verge of ex- extinction. So now, oh, wait, where do we send our son that we made out of love? Oh, I'll send him to that earth where I had such good time there. <laughs> yeah, remember that time I cheated on you, Lara? Yeah, I'm going to send him there. Remember when dad took me to earth? <laughs> All those monkeys sucked. I hated them. Let's send our son. Hello, monkeys. <laughs> but yeah, so Hiram tells him like, well, it was good seeing you, man. Like, good meeting you. Of course, if you ever need anything, you know where to find me. So it kind of establishes the thing that it was definitely assigned here that Jarrell wanted the Kents to have him, to have Clark. That it wasn't really an accident. It was more so assigned or prearranged. And what they do also show is that Jarrell has the octagonal spaceship key. And he holds it up to that symbol that we found in the cave that then opens up into that storage room where then he's able to put in his diary and leave it there. We have now gone back to the present where Clark then says he wanted to bury this. He didn't want his father to find out. This acts like a journal. I yeah. think Jarrell was sent here as more of a rite of passage. Grandpa Kent was down here too. What? He told Joe that if there was anything what? he needed, <laughs> that he would be able to help. And, and John's, John. Yeah, and John's like putting it together. It's like, well, what is it, Clark? It's like, well, it's, I don't think it's by accident that you and mom found me. I think he sent me here to you. I you were, you chosen. were chosen. And the episode ends on that. And it's like, so in a sense, is it destiny at that point? I don't know. And the reason why... Because destiny is something preordained, right? Exactly. It's something that's lined up already. And so at this point... You wouldn't have guessed that they you, would have been the family that was able to find Clark in the field. Yeah. that They were driving at that time. Because the Luthers were even around there. That's what I mean. They were driving then too. So maybe you would have some type of coordinates to put him close, but there's no way you would have been able to guarantee that it was this exactly. family that was going to find him. because you've been gone so long, you don't know how shit's going to play out. That one little weather effect, whatever it Clark is. Clark took that and spun it into something it wasn't. My God. And the thing with it is, Clark, you could believe they chose Earth. 
Yeah, and that he that's chose the, the area that he saw, mm-hmm. and that's where he sent you. If anything, he was hoping yeah, that the Kents found exactly you. <laughs> that there was some type of bloodline that was still going on there, and you know they didn't sell their property. Yeah, and just who's so to say maybe yeah. Jonathan died stillbirth or something, or you know lost the farm earlier than expected. <laughs> Yeah, the Kents haven't been around here since Jonathan Kent ran it down. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't grow anything out there. Martha divorced him. He was donezo. Yeah, Martha now is married to a Lionel Luther up in Metropolis. <laughs> she would be terrible if she married him. This is a fantastic what if. <laughs> so yeah, we end credits on there. We have our story punctuation mark on Louise and Joe, who was obviously Louise McCollum, a.k.a. Lana's great aunt. And then we had Joe, who was Jorel. And so he cheated on Laura. He went against, I think, the test that was supposed to be for him from his dad. And he went back home and married and destroyed the planet. And we were this close to getting a Game of Thrones. Almost. So who knows where, if maybe, she did not die, Louise, and that she was able to get pregnant from Jarrell, and then that would have been Nell, who then was able to have a sister who then married Mr. Smalls, who didn't marry Mr. Smalls, who had an affair, who then, man, her family tree. It's <laughs> not am, good. I'm trying to go through. It's not a good record in here. And so, yeah, Relic is done, man. Again, this was the Somebody Save Me podcast. Thank you again for listening this week. As always, we'll be back again next week for episode seven, Magnetic. Talk shit on Twitter. Where, yeah. Follow us on Twitter. And then we can maybe talk about Lana, who suddenly becomes attracted to a fellow student next week. Uh, and no. I want to talk about 1950s lust. And and gets landed in jail. We get jail bait, Lana. Ooh, runs in the family, Luis. <laughs> well, adios, muchachos. <laughs>